0: Ladies and gentlemen, have you heard about Stoke City's recent form? I mean, they're playing football like they've mistaken the goalpost for a piece of modern art. You know, just there for decoration. I went to a Stoke City game the other day and I swear the only thing moving faster than the ball was the collective sigh of disappointment from the fans. It's like they've adopted a new strategy. Let's see how long we can keep the ball away from the net. Spoiler alert, they're winning that one. I asked one of the players after the game, mate, what's going on with Stoke City's form? He looked at me and said, form? Oh, you mean that elusive concept that other teams seem to have found? Yeah, we're still looking for ours. Uh, thank you to chat GPT Michael McIntyre for his observations on Stoke City. Um, I look forward to seeing seeing that at the 0-2 in full at the end of the season. Um, yes, this is the... Long-awaited return of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. We tried uh, leaving them alone after we seemed to be good for a bit, uh, in case we spooked them. But um, no, Stoke, Stoke are bad, baby. We're back and we're bad. And uh, yes, Wizards of Drivel. It's talking about Stoke being bad. It's like we never left. Joining me are George Weaver.
1: Hello there. Um, if Tony could please insert the hello, boys, I'm back from Independence Day into this bit, that would be great.
0: I would have played it over the mic, but it probably wouldn't have come out well. <laughs> and uh Matt Swift, how are you?
2: I'm okay, Dave, thank you. I mean, considering it's just it's just they're all just headphones, aren't they? So <laughs> <laughs> Yes.
0: Yes. Um, so where 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 do we begin? Um, let's start, like all great stories, let's start with um, Plymouth train station platform 6B. Um, Matt, you know when you finish your work and you're on the way home and someone comes up to you and calls you shit at your job? Oh, wait, that doesn't happen, does it? Wait, George, in your job, when you're about to go home or maybe even go out for a drink, as is your right, and someone comes up to you and says you're bad at uh, your job. How does that no wait? That <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't happen to normal people either. So here's my question. Um why why didn't Josh Lauren um humbly um admit all his past failings and indiscretions, um throw his uh, uh money at the hard <laughs> Hardy Souls who travelled to Plymouth cancel the team night out and um and just sit at home thinking about what he's done.
1: I would go even further than that, Dave. I think he has to give up one of his firstborn children. To be honest, there's <laughs> got to be a sacrifice somewhere. <laughs> Do you know how much they're being paid here? People travelled to Plymouth. Uh,
0: yeah, Plymouth. And, uh, <laughs> without without choice. I understand it as well. Rounded <laughs> up. Just sent to Plymouth as a sort of, I don't know, charity exercise. It's
2: yeah, it's it's not great. Is it? it's not a great look. I I don't really understand what what people are trying to gain from approaching footballers on the platform with the sole intention of telling them the shit. Like you, it, it, I don't understand what what do you want them to say in this scenario or setting that that would be constructive and actually what you want them to say if that makes sense. Like they're only going to be. They're not going to be like, oh, yeah, actually, you are correct. We were dreadful and I am going to walk home as penance. They're not going to do that. They're going to do and do what they, they plan to do as a team and fine, whatever. Like I, I think I, I I I haven't tweeted this. I should have tweeted this. Um, I tweeted something sarcastic instead, but this was the more mature thing to tweet, which was that buying a ticket and going does entitle you to vocalise your opinion, but from afar. And you know, we've all been there. We've all shouted things that, in hindsight, we probably regret doing at a football match towards members of our own team. That racism we look back on, up... <laughs> of course. Uh, but but when you know you look back at you, system, that was just a bit silly, wasn't it? But what that ticket doesn't do is it doesn't give you the right then at the platform to film players for I don't know five or ten minutes and then be surprised and sort of feign outrage when they get a bit sick and tired of it. It's but. It's just a horrible look for the football team, and it just—we used to take the piss out of Arsenal fans for doing this.
0: Get out while you can, like, Joel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get out while
2: it. you can, Joel. Yeah. So we used to take the piss out of Arsenal fans for this, and I just don't get what it achieves. I, I don't understand what it achieves because it's not going to make any of them play better. I mean, that's yeah. guaranteed, it's- and it—it it, just—it's just a horrible, just you know, adds to this horrible atmosphere we've got hanging around the club
0: yeah and like you know saying whatever i you know i've i've not seen a full video of it but you know say say Whatever, whatever's been said is bad enough, but also the like the the pearl clutching that Lauren deemed to react to it in whatever way he did. Like the the thing I'm I'm reading from people who were supposedly there was he said, "Oh, oh," he said it was cool that we lost, and it was like, no, right, okay, no. Uh, a, if he did say that, that's you've entirely taken that in a in a weird warped way that you want. You're deliberately choosing to do. I, I imagine that he's saying it's cool as in just calm the fuck down and chill out. You weirdo, leave me alone. Um, I, But also Josh Lauren has just been a weird lightning rod all season. Like mm. him, he seems to have stood there and like just taken a load of shit at the end of the game. And he, he has ironically fronted up, which he was criticized for not doing earlier in the season. And now he has actually, you know, he stood there, took a load of shit, which he didn't, you know, individually deserve. Um and and now we're we're outraged that he's he's even done that like it's 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 a it's a much wider wider problem than Laurent or the fans or just or that even that game the the wirestoke bad thing but the the way we are or the way those fans um vented their frustration it's just it's just really cringe and it's just I, I, I don't want to be like oh it makes all of us look bad oh it's the name of the club kind of thing well it's just, it it ma- it makes those fans look bad it makes those individual stoke fans look bad and i just it's a, it's a it's a symptom of a much larger problem which is the entitlement of not just stoke fans but football fans in general have that because you pay your money you're entitled to a piece of that person which is uh just really deranged um But I don't really want to talk about that too much. Uh, I don't really want to talk about anything too much. Um, We've lost three in a row to the mighty Blackburn Rovers, Queen's Park Rangers, and Plymouth Argyle. Um, Does anyone want to offer up a simple explanation as to why we've lost these games?
1: Is my mic on? Um, Mm -hmm. We have been bad. We have Ah. been very bad. Um, um,
0: expand you're, you're,
1: you're just saying that because you don't have all the understandings <laughs> that's very true look I don't profess to understand the entirety of football um, but I haven't lost three of the last five games to be fair I I don't know I think even that period where we were winning and what was it three wins in a row five unbeaten the Middlesbrough game we dominated and deserved to win I think aside from that we've been pretty damn lucky in a lot of those games I think even Leeds, they got a penalty. They should have won, essentially. Um, as well as we played. Aside from that, I honestly can't think of a good performance in the in the past sort of ten games or so. We've we've had Middlesbrough, we've had Leeds. Before that, maybe Rotherham, possibly mm. even Huddersfield. But I, there's just this kind of, I get the vibe that Alex Neal thinks he's sorted out the defence by making us more solid and sitting people behind the ball and i think the last three games he thought brilliant i've sorted that i can start to push more people forward and the second he's done that the floodgates have opened up again um and i kind of said it quite a bit on twitter that it it didn't really seem sustainable when we were in that good period of form and it, we're not even getting the results anymore um i think we've kind of regressed to what we should have been doing really in that in that period of three wins
2: yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I think as well in the Leeds fixture. I mean, we made like two or three like very last stitch tackles and blocks, which we just don't do. Um, I know, I know, we we nearly cleared it off the line here, didn't we? Against the against Plymouth, but you can't just line up your entire team on the six yard line and expect the ball not to go in your net, which is exactly how we defended that that cross. I mean, Lyndon Gooch was sent for a lovely holiday in Penzance, I think. By the way, when he when a guy cut inside, but yeah, I, I'd I'd fully agree with everything George said there. To be honest,
0: yeah, and this is what happens with Championship football, right? We've we win three on three in a row, three in a row, and then we lose three in a row, and then people say, "Oh, well, you weren't complaining when we won three in a row." Well, well yeah, no, that's generally how you know supporting a team works. You are happy when they win that. That's generally what happens, but the, things like that will happen quite a lot in the Championship where you go through short bursts of good form, short bursts of bad form. Uh but the issue is it's all well and good saying, oh well, you know, it's it's only three games and blah blah, blah. But you look at the overall correlation of it. Right, like Matt, you're a man who looks at graphs and things, you know. Um you, you, you could if you look at a sort of general downward trend downward trend and you can't just point to a random point and say, oh well that point was really high. So you know it's an overall it's a good thing. It's 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 this very this incredibly short term is thinking um, that kind of it, it, I'm, I'm baffled by the amount of e- excuses. I'm not even made maybe excuses, but just this kind of like, Oh no, you, you can't really criticize Neil too much because um, you know, it wasn't that long ago. We we'd beaten Leeds and uh, Middlesbrough and other good teams. Uh, well, yeah. But overall in taking the Neil era as a collective, it's been really poor. Um and I don't. And again, I'm I'm sat here and I can remember saying it about Jones and Michael O'Neill and Hughes and all the rest of them. I'm just like, yeah, but it's it's not showing signs of getting better in the long term. What what will happen is we'll have a run of negative results, a general downward correlation. And then, bam, we we'll, we might smash Sheffield Wednesday or someone. And it's just like, oh fucking hell, here we go again. <sighs> I think, I think the um, number
1: of managers. Oh, sorry, go
2: on. I was just gonna say, I think Chris has said, and like I agree with him when he said in the past, like he really struggles to get like excited about any result now because he knows that in like if you take it out of ten, there'll just be like four defeats sprinkled in there with like three draws and two wins. So you can't get up and down about it. And I they agree, you can't like even during that little run, it's not like we were playing like electric football. We were like scoring a goal and just sitting back the entire game bar the borough game where we were good. Um, yeah, it's just I know championship football is shit, uh, trademark but we are really bad as well, like we're boring to watch, our games are all boring and it's really sad given the start that we did have against Rotherham where it looked like that wasn't going to be the case this year, but yeah, anyway go go on George, sorry
1: Yeah, I just I agree with that I think people are just tired, I think you mentioned all the managers there Dave Like I think a lot of the reason that maybe some people are still defending Neil as the thought of like, oh, for God's sake, we've got to go through all this again with someone else new who's got to come in and take over the entire club and sack everyone three weeks after saying they're not going to sack anyone and bring in a load of new players three weeks after saying the squad's actually great and all this different stuff that happens every time we replace the manager. It's just pretty tiring to think about and to kind of, It's nicer to think, well, if we give Neil time, he's had that really good period, which was a really nice month, as much as a month matters in twelve months of management. Um, Can he kind of get that back again? It's probably easier to just hope for that than it is to try and think of who a new manager is going to be.
2: I mean, I mean, I think what surprises me is people sort of saying that, oh, like you've you've changed your tune. We didn't score in November, like. (laughs) We, we we literally didn't score a goal. You can't be like, oh well, you know the signs are there, the green sheets are recovery there. We didn't score. Like we were crap. We we had like two really boring games, which was, one we should have definitely lost against Coventry, and and yeah, like we are we are if anything regressing. I am not seeing this progression that that other people have seen and. Yeah, it, it's just incredibly frustrating. and it's I think that's part well.
1: of my issue with it is Kind of at the start of the season, like the Huddersfield game is a good example. There were signs that we were doing well, but we had things to fix. Like, you know, we, we that run of about five games where every single game an opposition player would bring the ball down in the box, turn and score with no pressure on them. And I thought, okay, right. If you can fix that, which theoretically for a coach should be quite easy to fix, really. Then there's something there because there was something going forward. But the last six, seven, eight games, I I really don't see what is a positive. I don't see what, I don't see what the outcome could be, and I think it's really dangerous if your fan base don't see where the hope is in matches because yeah. we're not defending well, we're not attacking well, we don't really build up nicely. So what's the kind of, what's the upside?
0: Yeah, what is our most likely source of a goal gonna be? Set piece, probably. Set, set. Yeah. But, Someone on the yeah. break. What was it on?
1: It was Saturday. It was just their defender missing the their ball. Defender wasn't it? fucks mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of their defenders doing what our defenders have been doing, basically.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, mm. Is is a more maybe sp- perhaps a spicier question? Is the squad good enough for wait? Is is the squad? better than its current position suggests and so if 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 so then do you believe that that is a failing of the manager then
2: i i would say yes it is i mean you look at the the sort of pedigree of player they've brought in you know this this season it's not it shouldn't be 20th in the championship absolutely not i mean i mean the championship is much of a muchness anyway i like you know a lot of it does come down to sort of luck and, and other things, um, but I don't. It's, it's definitely not twentieth in the, in the table. Quality. It's got. It's much better than that. And they have played in individual fixtures like a team that that is you know like Rotherham. We're, we're what two or three places above Rotherham. We've we've scored ten against them this season in two games. We are clearly a better team and squad than Rotherham, but for whatever reason, he he struggles. Neil, this is has struggled to put the the lovely puzzle pieces that Jared Dublin sourced for him into into a coherent picture, and you know, I, I I've never been that keen on Neil, um, but he got he got like an opportunity no other Stoke manager has had since Gary Rowett really, and he's he's wasting it. It's it's not happening. So yeah, I I think it it does come down to him fundamentally.
1: And I think it's an opportunity that not a lot of managers will get, you know, full stop. The chance to bring in, what, 18 players, as much as it is a curse, as much as a blessing, it's kind of, you've got a chance to completely build this club in your own image. Um, And I I would say, like, I don't think any of us expect the squad to be even top half, given that it's completely brand new from the summer. But again, it's all about how you do it. I, I think if we were 20th and we were losing games where we were on top and maybe conceding goals every now and then. It might be a bit different as much as it would still be frustrating. It's made so much worse by the manner in which the last five weeks have been, or the last five games or so rather have been.
0: Yeah, I think, like, I I, I get to some extent the... In individual games, individual individual things can happen. We 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 get uh, go down to ten against QPR. It's it's not unlucky, but it's, it's you know it's an unfortunate thing that happens. We we have chances to put the game to bed against Plymouth, and we don't take them again. That's not that is a failing of the technical skill of the footballer in that moment. It's not just like oh we've we've been struck by lightning or something. That's that that is just something that happens, and. I, I have sympathy in some regard for that because the because in these instances you can see that the players are individually good enough, uh, like Beijing Ho, for example. Like it's it's un- unfortunate that him playing at ten has coincided with two defeats because he's actually looked excellent. Um, but we've seen, I think, probably. Most signings this season have had a game or two where they've actually looked really, really good. And even players that like I don't think have been that good overall, like Daniel Johnson. Daniel Johnson's actually had some good games, particularly towards the start of the season. Um, but the issue is I think most of our squad right now looks very, very patchy and that and their our perception of them is married up to the form of the team. Like like Vidigal has come in for a lot mm. of criticism recently. Mm. Um and again, like I understand why he's come. He's come back from an injury. Don't want to maybe use that as an excuse for him too much. But at the start of the season, he was the bollocks. Yeah. Oh, we thought Vidiga, What a fucking player we've got here. Uh, Burger, another one. Just like if we lose, it seems like oh, what the hell did Burger do today? But then the next week, I thought like, oh, Burger's just an absolute machine. Um, and so it's it's that. It's the inconsistency of performance, I would say, that is more alarming than the sort of results going win, 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 loss, loss, loss. It's like, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a <laughs> sentence that is appropriate. Uh, it's it's so fucking frustrating not being able to get a, a a proper grip on what kind of team we are at all. I think I think that's what it boils down to is because the team is so lacking in sort of a a plan or seeming so lacking in a plan attacking wise and especially defensive wise, it's hard for me to really gauge how good the team and the individual players within it are.
1: yeah, definitely. I think
0: <laughs>
1: pardon me, I think that's part of the problem this season is that we've been really quite reliant on those individual things. Vidigal as an example, like he wasn't really involved in the play all that much when he was playing well. What he was doing well was getting into good positions and finishing chances. Um, So now when he's not finishing chances because basically the front four appear to be just sort of go on, have a go, and there's not really much of a build-up plan there for them, he seems lost because he's not getting on the end of chances because we're not really creating anything. Um, So the positions he does get into, when he does, the ball's not coming to him. And I think that's part of the issue of recent weeks is that people are seeming patchy because they're being relied upon to play well for something good to happen. There's no kind of, he's been all right, but he's done his job, so the team did well. I I, I think that's probably quite quite a big part of it for me in the past few weeks.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, like... (laughs) Again, it it it, make, it does make me a bit sad to see like a player like Vidigal coming in for stick, and it, like I saw, I saw on a, a particular uh, page that it's you know this is what you I quote, this is what you get with foreign lads. I mean, we've we've had five oh, years God. of Dad's <laughs> domestic Lucky army now, yeah. being absolutely shite. Yeah, not, I mean, not yet. It's not really. You know, it's not really the 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 underlying issue. This is a guy who who has come into a league, has has done really well, got a bit injured, and is clearly you know struggling to to get back into form. Fundamentally, in a team that isn't playing well as well. So yeah, they're they're up, they're up against it, and I think we 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 reach these points with with Stoke seemingly at least once every year where. It just feels inevitable that the manager's gonna go at some point. And I think we are at that I, I said I think on the last pod, whenever that was, so it must have been before the winning run, but it still does feel like that because it felt like we were we just won those games in spite of the situation. And now we've got a game at the weekend which is sort of Nathan Jones versus Huddersfield territory, where if we lose that, it's gonna it's gonna get nasty. I mean, if Plymouth away was nasty, this is gonna get horrible if we contrive to lose this game um, so yeah they they really just need a result on Saturday but I mean I, I still don't think it will change anything particularly moving forward even if we do manage a win personally
1: It's just such a hope Drainer isn't it because when I think of it and I think okay if Neil's not doing well he's going to get sacked that's fine I'm, I'm kind of at the point now where I wouldn't say I'm willing for him to be sacked but <laughs> pardon me I'm willing for him to be sacked, but I I really kind of wouldn't wouldn't be particularly bothered. The problem is that then I think about what's going to happen next and I know we've said it on here for years but it's just going to be the same cycle again and Hmm. even if we were to pick up an accidental Alex Ferguson as soon as he leaves to a better club, it's probably going to end up being the same thing again and it's just I find that really difficult to kind of to deal with when I think about supporting the club that I just not to get very depressing but I don't really see a long term or medium term end to this kind of cycle.
0: Yeah. I mean the manager who if 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 say he got sacked on Monday hypothetically you'd need to appoint a manager who would be willing to take on this group of lads that have been assembled from all four corners of the globe um who could be, but not just work with them, but have a knowledge of them, like Alex Neal's had since July with this group of players, and still doesn't seem to have a proper knowledge of them. So if you know, you know, your, col- your Colin, your Neil Warnock types <laughs> <laughs> co- coming in, um, are, what are they going to think? Are they are, is? I'm worried that the kind of manager the club like to appoint is going to get in and think oh, there's, there's too many of these players I don't know for me. Let's get rid of them and start again. And the for, for once, the answer isn't squad rebuild. We've just had a squad rebuild. Don't rebuild the squad again. Like, let's work with the rebuilt squad right now. It's just like, because you, you, the more you do that, you just kind of tear away at the foundations uh, completely. So... There are there are available managers. There are managers with good track records out there. There are also um, man- managers managing in this place called abroad, which uh, you know <laughs> we, we always like to uh, you know pick from. But the the task of doing that is made so much more impossible by the way the club has been operating the last five years because of you know putting everything in the hands of this manager will save us now and and when it doesn't it's like it's like well you could have helped this manager save us now by by doing everything these proper clubs have been doing for years and years and years succession planning watch the show succession this is <laughs> That's that's my advice to the Stoke hierarchy because basically right now we've got the football equivalent of that. People are just shouting at each other and blaming each other and knifing each other and it's all just a big sweary mess. Uh, Hippo tank. Shall we open Uh, it? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could throw anyone in there at the moment, can't you? Uh, These days in the hippo tank, I want to throw Sam Curran in there right now, um, no. <laughs> just just after what I've just seen. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Have anyone specific? I think again, we're, we're back to concepts, and I would like to throw the concept of football into the hippo tank. <laughs>
0: yep, well on board with that football. Yeah. <laughs> See- so yeah, that's that's actually quite a cute idea because the hippos will be playing football for a little bit before they chomp it to death. So yes, football is in the hippo tank this week. Um but the hippo tank is in the football stadium. Yeah. a we to create some kind but of it's like... not,
2: yeah. It's not, yeah. That's the whole that's the whole point. If they put some a hippo of, tank in there, we'll start winning.
0: So so now the football stadium will be in the hippo tank. So rather than the hippo tank in the stadium, the <laughs> the the stadium's in the tank. <laughs> so this is, this is a brand new idea. Um, before we go, I know we've not got a lot of time, George, but I noticed yes. that there was been some changes of thought uh, regarding the Stoke women's team. Um, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Um, I've got to be careful what I say. I kind of put my story of what happened to me out on Twitter Um and I'll kind of leave that as it is i'm aware that i am neither the first nor the last person to be treated pretty poorly by parts of the club um i don't know i'm i'm my main worry about it is that there's a squad of people there who are part-time footballers who will work full time and then three times a week every evening on those three days a week, go straight into training at Stoke, not get back home till 11, 12 at night, and then give up their Sundays as well to go out to games and play for you know part-time wages. And the feeling I always got from things was generally that the women's team kind of is a separate club. Um, and I'm sure this isn't a surprise to a lot of people or anyone who's had contact with a lot of women's football, because I, th- I gather it can be quite like this, a lot of places but there's a hope there that things are going to get pushed forward and I do think there's a desire to do it but I get the distinct feeling that at the minute it's kind of a separate club that gets allowed to ask for things sometimes so for example after I put my thing out I saw there was a thread on the oatcake of people saying oh well you know they only get like a couple of hundred people going down to Norton so why should they fund it and Honestly, the reason they get a couple of hundred people going down to Norton is because no one knows about it. There's no advertisement. It's
0: it's in Norton. Yeah. Where is Norton?
1: Exactly. No one knows that exists. There's no advertisement. The Twitter is kind of... I gather that's now kind of... you know They're changing a lot of that stuff and they're trying to put more stuff out there, but I look around and I follow a lot of the Twitter feeds of clubs who are at the same level and clubs who are at lower levels Um, and I think that's probably the next step for Stoke to push onto. I don't see why the women's team wouldn't get what it needs because it's not part of FFP. Um, They can put what they want into it basically and it's been a lot of people who work for the women's team really trying to drag it forward themselves and not necessarily a lot of help from elsewhere. Again, I kind of caveat all that with i know there's a lot of stuff at the minute about well now they've gone semi-pro and all this sort of thing now they're trying to play at the stadium more often but at the end of the day i still feel like there's a kind of a separate club that's allowed to use stoke's name rather than necessarily a togetherness there with the whole club itself and i genuinely i just feel for the players that are part of it because they work really hard they do really well um the game today was brilliant. Like I went to the Bet 365, it was great fun. Um they deserve for their success to be kind of I-, I kind of hope that their success can force the club to do more. And I think that's probably my my view of it. Again, I caveat it with the club is not doing nothing. It's just that, you know, there can always be more put into it in that sense.
0: Yeah, thank they you for that. They yeah. are
2: they are short for cash though.
0: anyone know any rich no women? comment um <laughs> yeah it does a very very common th- uh thread isn't it the, the idea that uh women's footballers have to go above and beyond what is expected of them in order to achieve any kind of sort of recognition or um or just finance that <laughs> what a lot yeah. of it boils down to isn't it finance um yes uh we've got a couple minutes uh left um So it's been fairly negative this pod, but let's end on a moment of joy. Got Brighton at home in the FA Cup. (laughs) It's just. Just stop. (laughs) Just, just, I don't. Can we, can we
2: separate? It's not fair. I'm sorry. I know it's a random
0: draw. It's not fair. Like, we, there's like loads of really shit fucking teams we could beat at home. Like, just, again, with the Brighton, just give us a fucking break. Just uh, w- one spark of fucking joy. The fucking Horsh. we'll play that Horsham team again. I don't even care. Just kick us out of the cup and we'll play them in a friendly. <laughs> yeah, just,
2: whatever, <laughs> whatever.
0: Just uh, I'll play the fucking dog and duck. I just, I just want to see, like, a Stoke win a game. And you've given us, oh, that really good Premier League team who would, did what we should have done and just run it. Oh, fuck it. Right. uh, Thank you very much for listening. (laughs) This has been the Wizards Dribble podcast. Thank you, Matt.
2: Cheers, Dave. Thank you.
0: Thank you, George.
1: Thank you, Dave. Everyone should go to Norton and watch the women's team instead.
0: Oh, the women's team. Uh, Go on, Stoke. It's not fair. Fuck off.